Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the VR2 on SI podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jack Foster, joined by VR2 on SI writer and my friend Jake Nichols. Today, we are recapping Tennessee's first road and first SEC loss on the year, courtesy to the Florida Gators, a game that saw the Vols get off to a really hot start, scoring two long touchdowns, one being a 75-yard bomb to Javante Payton from Hendon Hooker. Really a beautiful throw that put them up 14-10. to After that, though, it was all Florida, scoring 28 unanswered and putting away Tennessee 38-14. to Final score, you know, it's a route. It wasn't close, but really only for the second half as the first half showed a lot of promise. So everybody, like I said, we're going to recap that game, quite a bit to cover on both sides of the ball. And we're also going to be previewing Tennessee's second consecutive road matchup against the Mizzou Tigers this weekend. It'll happen on Saturday, October 2nd at 12 p.m. Eastern. Should be a fun one. It's expected to be a close one as the line is three with the Tigers being the favorite. But before we get into all that on this big VR2 on SI pod here today, Jake, how are you doing today? Beautiful Wednesday and Titans sure had a big divisional win Sunday, didn't they? Man, they did. That was an exciting win. I, you know, you you never have a bad Sunday whenever Derrick Henry stiff arms a guy into the dirt. So, you know that that was a, a good part of my Sunday for sure. And like you said, it's a, a good week, a new opportunity for Tennessee. And man, beautiful weather out here in Knoxville. You can't beat it. Yeah, eighty-two degrees today is just just awesome. And like, dude, Derrick Henry, is it, you think he's the best running back in football? I think he's up there. I I would have honestly, I would have a hard time putting him above I don't know I'd have a hard time putting him above Alvin Kamara maybe this season I would say so far I think um, Henry's doing a little better but um, I would have a hard time putting him above AK just in my personal allegiances too no I got you but it is it is cool that he's starting to catch the ball a little bit more too Um, absolutely but yeah Titans are definitely in the driver's seat for the division now and everybody you know who's also in the driver's seat when I'm trying to book travel it's Acker Travel Company by Dream Vacations. If you're looking to book travel at any time during the year but don't want to do all the work, just be sure and contact our friends Beth and Price at Acker Travel Company so that they can do all the work for you. If you book with them, they'll throw in a $50 Visa gift card. I mean, 50 free bucks, what is there to lose? Go ahead and give them a call now to find that dream vacation that you need. So everybody, as I mentioned, a bit of a long one on here today, VR2. I don't want to look over this Florida game too quickly, Jake, although the Mizzou game is definitely what is on everyone's minds. But as I said earlier, Tennessee put up points early on Florida, looked really promising. Coach Heupel was calling, you know, a hell of a game in the first half, and then it all fell apart in the second half. Offense lost its firepower, and of course, Hooker getting hurt there at the end didn't help any momentum for a potential comeback. But more importantly, Emory Jones had his way with this defense, throwing for 209 yards and two scores through the air, but also adding 144 yards on the ground on 15 carries. A great performance from the Gator quarterback. So, Jake, let's just start with what happened in the second half. What was the biggest red flag you saw in this game? I think it was just the, you know, I don't even know what to put my finger on, really. It was just the the fact that overall they fell apart. You know, they couldn't get anything on offense. And when they could, it was just kind of like they said in the postgame press conference and, and what they've said all week, the lack of execution. I mean, you go back to that fourth down play in the first half with, um, with Jimmy Calloway and that drop where you set Tennessee up for really? a chance to, yeah, a chance to, to make it a 24-21 ball game. And instead, it's all Florida. But I, I think that um, that it wasn't even as much of what Tennessee did wrong in the second half as just what Florida did right. That you know uh, Tennessee fell apart in the secondary. 
and couldn't make as many tackles. But but more than that, it was just the, the Gators coming to life and, and able to overpower Tennessee where the balls had held them in the first half. And just what were your overall thoughts on Hendon Hooker as a whole? You know, and I know he had a bit of a rough second half, but I mean, he still finished with a good day, you know. Uh, the fumble, granted, you know, was a turnover, but he got smoked on that play. So just what'd you, what'd you think of Hendon Hooker's performance? Yeah, I thought he was solid, um, you know, whenever, before he got hurt. But um, going back to kind of those struggles, I think that also points to the offensive line. Obviously, Cooper Mays was really shaken up. And, you know, they've talked about that this week, about how he was just a dog in that second half and playing on a hurt ankle, hurt hand, you know, Coop stayed in. And, you know, we'll see whether he's back this week. But um, but the dude was just tough as nails in that second half. But But still, Tennessee just kept having issues. And, um, you know, I think that, that Hooker was, like I said, solid. He went 13 for 23 and had, I believe, two over 200 passing yards. Yeah, 221. But, but um, you know, still just you've got to make those connections in the second half. And, and, you know, it wasn't on him necessarily. He hit guys in the hands on several occasions and they were just dropped. And then obviously – Florida's defensive line came to life too and and kind of shut down Tennessee's running game. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like too bad, you know. They still averaged about five yards per carry between Small and Evans combined. Um, but what I want to mention here with the passing game, it seems like Javante Payton has come along as a really fine option in this passing game and has developed a great rapport from Hinn and Hooker. Do you expect to see that connection continue between number five and number three? Absolutely. I mean, you know, we've I think we've only seen the beginning from Javante Payton and what he can do. You know, uh, whenever he came in from Mississippi State, people talked about kind of the, the lack of production that he had there. But I think that he's really found a home in this offense. And obviously, with the 75-yard score that he had the other day, but I think that he's really a dynamic guy that um, we've seen make plays in practice in the preseason and that can really do a lot for Hendon Hooker going forward and obviously has, has become one of his favorite targets for good reason. Yeah, and I just want to give a shout-out to Tyon Evans, too, for exhibiting, you know, some dual-threat capability uh, from mm -hmm. big man. You know, three catches, 70 yards, the touchdown, the 47-yard touchdown he had was really special. And, you know, Vilas Jones as well, over 60 yards receiving. So it seems like Peyton and Jones are kind of this, you know, one-two, whichever order you want to put him in in this passing attack. But I, I just – it seems like Hooker is – Hooker is making more plays in the passing game than Joe Milton was. Would you say that's true? Yeah, I think that's definitely true. But that, you know, the question this week is whether either of them are going to be healthy because, you know, Hooker obviously got shaken up, um, you know, in that Florida game. And then Milton wasn't 100% and then came in after Hooker was hurt. So I think that that leaves a big question going forward. And that's one that, that Josh Heupel hasn't addressed this week in regards to his quarterbacks. But um, in, as far as how they have competed, yeah, I think that, that Hooker's done better and has definitely earned this starting job. It's, it's just a question now of whether he's healthy going forward. Right, yeah. And um, just kind of walk us through the defense here for the Vols. Who needs to step up to lessen, you know, the woes of what we, you, what we mentioned earlier with Emory Jones being able to just, you know, take over at the end of the game there? You know, I think that, uh, that one guy you look to is uh, Juwan Mitchell, but – I had thought about that earlier this week and asked Brian Jean Marie about it. And he said that he's been shaken up a little bit, that he's battled through some injuries and that he's a guy that, that wants to be healthy, but hasn't quite gotten there. So I think that, that there may be a little um, diminished with 
him that, you know, we've seen Aaron Beasley get a lot more time and they really like his consistency at the linebacker spot. And then Jeremy Banks, um, you know, I think is essential in this Missouri game. We've seen him play with emotion. I think it was the, I can't remember if it was the Bowling Green game or the Pitt game where he just suplexed a guy, just body slammed him. And we talked to Theo Jackson this week, who is leading the team, by the way, in career tackles for loss and tackles overall. He's just having a phenomenal season so far. Oh, yeah. But we talked to Theo earlier this week about um, about Jeremy Banks and just what he's done so far this season. And he talked about the emotion that he played with. And, you know, we asked if, if you ever try to calm that down or try to, you know, kind of reel him in during plays. And he's like, no, absolutely not. You know, I let him go. <laughs> and, uh, you know, obviously that can uh, that can have a little bit of an adverse effect when you have WWE moves on a football field. But um, I think that that obviously, like I said, that Banks is essential going forward and that um, they need Aaron Beasley to step up. And I think they need Theo Jackson to keep doing what he's doing. And um, I think they need a, a little better improvement from um, from the corner spots. I think that Elante Taylor and uh, Warren Burrell have been good. But aside from those guys, you need young guys to step up too. You know, they've had Christian Charles in there and they've had Danico Slaughter in some, but you've got to have more constant production from those guys, whether it's on special teams, which obviously Christian Charles had that block on against Pitt, but, right. but whether it's on special teams or whether it's coming in to give those older guys a rest, I think you've got to have more solid production on the back end from some of those younger players coming in. Yeah, and also, you know, shout out to Trayvon Flowers for having that 15 tackle performance, a career day mm -hmm. for him. You know, yeah. just really solid performance there. Kind of was the Theo Jackson of this game, I guess you could say. Um, that's yeah. very true. Yeah, I, uh, that's a, a really good point that, uh, right. you know, they've both been stellar. Yeah, and it kind of seems like this Tennessee secondary is almost it, – it's – it's running around the field making these tackles that you would expect the linebackers to make, uh, specifically Jawan Mitchell. Right. So it's kind of like they're almost filling that void. Um, not that it should be filled. I mean, I feel like Jawan Mitchell should get going soon. He, I feel like the Tennessee defense desperately needs him to get going. Um, it's what we brought him on for. He was the most highly touted transfer. So, you know, maybe he can get healthy if he's banged up and have a good day against Mizzou this weekend. And uh, before we, Move on to Mizzou. I always want to shout out to Tennessee's return game. I mean, one of the best offense, uh, aspects of the Vols game. And Phyllis Jones just continues to impress. And Paxton Brooks had a good day. Six punts, 260 yards, with 61 being as long. So a solid performance from Mike Eckler's squad yet again in week four. And Jake, before I move on to the matchup against the Tigers, is there anything else you want to mention before we head over? Yeah, I think that, um, that you know, kind of like I said in that column, that uh, obviously there are – a lot of negatives that could be taken from that second half. But I think that in the plays that stand out, obviously Tyon Evans run, Javante Payton's touchdown, and in Elante Taylor's strip, that um, that you need more of those going forward. And I think that they do point to positive signs for this team. And, you know, obviously um, Todd Grantham talked a little bit about Tennessee's offense earlier this week and said that maybe they'll have a, a tougher test against uh, Kentucky than they did against Tennessee. Um, they had in talking to Jerry Mack, he kind of came back and, you know, said that, that this offense is tough, that, you know, that tempo is what makes it hard to adjust to. And, you know, you look at the stats, Tennessee racked up 423 rushing yards against Florida. So, I mean, if Todd Grantham thinks Kentucky is going to be tougher, 
I, frankly, I'd hate to see what Will Levis can do. But uh, anyway, like I said, just, you know, I think there were a lot of positives to build on and that for anybody that's really frustrated with where this team is at right now, I think that, you know, you look to Dan Mullen's comments after the game and you look to the way this team has responded in toughness and in the culture that's been created compared to where it was last year. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, Tyon Evans, you can kind of go into depth on this, but I know, you know, in media availability this week, he talked about how it's going to be fun to play Mizzou uh, this weekend. So that, that'll kind of transition us to this game against Mizzou. What do you expect to see from Tennessee's rushing attack, Tyon Evans, um, against the Tigers this weekend? I expect them to see them try to ball out as much as possible. Um, you know, Tyon talked about how it would be fun, and when he said it, I actually wrote this in an article yesterday that he kind of had a little smirk on his face whenever they, they asked about Missouri. And he, he said at first, you know, whenever I think it was somebody from WVLT that had asked, but uh, he said, you know, I don't really want to get into it. And then kind of seemed to change his mind a little bit and said, you know what, we're going to, we're going to go out and have some fun. We're going to show what this offense can really do. Now, obviously your first counterpoint to that would be if you didn't try to show what this offense can really do against Florida, then, um, you know, what are you going to do against Missouri that's different? But also you think about the fact that Missouri has the second worst rushing defense in the country that right. they have allowed, I believe, 271 yards per game rushing. And obviously they gave up 275 against Boston College. And so I think Tyon Evans and Jabari Small should be licking their chops and for good reason. I think you could see a lot from Tyon early on, maybe working him out of the backfield like we've seen. And then obviously Jabari as well, who, and I wrote about this today actually in a, uh, in kind of a, a ties that bind article, Tennessee and Missouri obviously have a lot of familiar faces between the programs. One of those for Jabari Small is Missouri's heralded running back in Tyler Beatty. They played together at Briarcrest in Memphis and they're like best friends. They talked earlier this week, you know, they talked about the game and, and they always support each other, but I think that Jabari is going to try to, you know, obviously try to uh, show out a little bit and try to play his best, obviously, against his former teammate. And so I think that you could see a lot from Tennessee's rushing attack. And then I think that um, that they'll try to rely on that, especially considering the state of this quarterback situation. Yeah, you nailed you hit the nail right on the head there. I mean, Boston College is running back Granted, Tennessee has kind of a, you know, two-headed monster but pat garwo the third you know 25 carries 175 yards and two scores against mizzou that's just incredible and a game that you know a lot of people expected mizzou to maybe win it was on the road boston college is a pretty good program but you know they lost in overtime 41 234 so that means that both teams enter this game at two and two to me this is kind of a make or break game for tennessee i know kentucky struggled against chad a couple weeks ago but I don't like having to go to Lexington to win that game in early November. So this Mizzou game is all the more important. It's really where the Vols can put themselves in some bowl contention and to avoid, uh, you know, finishing the season under 500. You know, you mentioned the running back connection of a, between Tyler Beatty and Jabari Small. Also want to note that Josh Heupel is returning to Mizzou for the first time since leaving the Tigers for UCF, which was, you know, then his first head coaching gig. So mm-hmm. he's going to want to put up points. He's going to want to make a splash. So that brings us to the quarterback situation. Um, you know, Joe Milton closer to 100%. We don't know if Hooker will go. Heupel hasn't been very informative on injuries this year. 
But uh, what do you expect from this passing game? Uh, you mentioned the running game, but what do you expect from this passing game against the Tigers? Um, I think that no matter who's in at quarterback, and I am reluctant to, to say anything there because, you know, I know as well as you do, Jack, which is none, you know, exactly. as far as who's going to be under center. But, um, but I think no matter who's in, that, you know, like we said before, that you've got to get the ball on the perimeter. You've got to get it to Javante Payton, and you've got to get it to Valus Jones. Let them make plays early let them kind of, you know, carry you if you get forced into any third and longs, which quite honestly I don't foresee against this Missouri defensive front. But if you do, then you've got to uh, relegate to that passing game. And like I said, get it to Velas, uh, get it to Javante, and then to other guys too. You know, what we've seen from some production from Walker Merrill this season. And, um, you know, we've seen some success from, from those younger guys. And so I think that you can't be afraid to stretch the field, like you said, in Josh Heupel's first game back at Mizzou, you're going to want to put up big numbers. You're going to want to really flex this offense, kind of like Tyon said. You know, they want to show what this offense can do against a defense that they should have very little trouble with. But conversely, I think that, you know, we can go ahead and, and talk about the, the Tennessee defense, given yeah, the fact absolutely. that it's, it looks like it's going to be a shootout, quite right. honestly. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so that kind of brings me to my next question. What do the Vols need to watch out for on this Tiger offense? You know, they seem fairly balanced. The unit's averaging 324 passing yards per game and 158 rush yards per game. Um, with this past game, your thoughts on how redshirt sophomore Connor Basilak will match up with this, you know, Tennessee secondary and Tennessee defense as a whole? I think that Theo Jackson and that Trevon Flowers and the rest of the secondary are going to have their work cut out for them. You know, as far as numbers right now, I would put Basilak kind of right in the, the middle tier of SEC quarterbacks. He's 106 for 154 so far this year for 1,200 yards, 10 touchdowns, just three interceptions. So that's a nice ratio for him. But you're going to see him get it to a lot of different guys, namely Tyler Beatty, who is, you know, a, a force out of the backfield for them. He doesn't just run the ball. He is second on the team in receptions, I think, it, uh, in receiving yards, if I remember correctly. And he is dynamic all across the field. Josh Heupel talked about it earlier this week and just how dangerous he is. So I think you're going to see them try to get it to number one as often as possible and then try to spread the field a little bit with the guy that they have under center. So I think that Tennessee secondary is, like I said, going to have its work cut out for them. And especially with keying on Beatty, that he can move out of the backfield. He can go down the field and, and you know, catch passes out of a scene if needed. And then obviously he can run it down your throat. So I think he's your main guy to key on. But I think that um, obviously, like I said, Basilak has a number of weapons out on the perimeter too to go to. So obviously both are important um, in any football game to stop. I mean, that goes without saying, but what is, what does, what should Tennessee focus on more? So not getting beat in the passing game or not getting beat on the ground. I think you have to focus more on the ground in this one, just given uh, what Tyler Beatty has been able to do. And obviously he's a running back. So primarily they're going to try to let him run it down your throat. And, and we've seen, you know, some good things from Tennessee's rush defense and surprisingly good, really, considering where we thought this defense would be ranked coming into the season. So I think that Tyler Barron and that Byron Young, I think that they're going to be, um, you know, keying on Beatty early and obviously trying to to stop him early on and maybe force them into that passing game and try to allow Jeremy Banks and Aaron Beasley to kind of come around the side and around the perimeter and to be able to key on him that way. 
So let's do over under 150 rush yards for Mizzou. I'm going to go over. Okay. And let's do 300 pass yards over under for Mizzou. I'm going to go under on that one. Okay. Gotcha. And switching to Tennessee over under, let's do 200 yards passing and then over under 200 yards rushing. I'm going to go over 200 yards rushing and I think they get the under on passing. All right. And what's your final score prediction, Jake? This one, I am going to go with 30 to actually, no, I take it back. I had it written down 31 <laughs> to 20 Tennessee. Oh, okay. So a decent Vols win here. Yeah. Yeah. At the beginning of the season, I was kind of stressed. I'm not going to say stressed, but I was like, uh, that could be a tough one, you know, going to Columbia. But from what I've seen from both teams, I think that Tennessee knows this is a must win and they're going to come in and win. I got, um, 34 to 27 just a touchdown win for the Vols but yeah I think it's going to be a fun one probably one of the most fun games for Tennessee this year absolutely and um all right uh everybody that's going to do it for this episode of the VR2 on SI podcast Jake what do you got planned for the rest of the week and just uh getting ready for this Mizzou game and, and not doing a whole lot else just you know going to to press conferences and everything like that just the usual the life of a journalist it's a great one isn't it it is. <laughs> I can't wait to be out of classes and actually, you know, just become a full-time journalist. It's, it's going to be great, but um, yeah, everybody be sure and keep up with Jake at J Nichols underscore two, one, two, one for all your Tennessee sports needs, as well as following VR two on SI at VR two on SI. You can also give myself a follow at Jack Foster TV because who doesn't love the host and uh, everybody. The game is this weekend. Like I said earlier, October 2nd, 12 PM Eastern game will be broadcast on the sec network can also stream it on Fubo TV, according to Vols Wire. Um, and everybody, thank you so much for listening and allowing Jake and I to do what we love week in and week out, and that is to talk Tennessee sports. For Jake Nichols, I'm Jack Foster. We'll be back with all of you next week for a recap and preview pod.